Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC, and this episode is a Pillar and Ground Confession episode where we seek to further understand and apply the truths in our Westminster Confession of Faith. And we're glad to be back studying the confession. We started chapter 9 with a brief episode on the will and that we do believe in free will. And as you know by now, hopefully, uh, both myself and Will Nutterton, our pastor of mission and worship, are going to be doing this in conversation and dialogue together. And so today, again, Will's going to be the primary uh, leader helping us think through 9.2 and 9.3. And in order to do that, maybe just, uh, do you just want to start reading 9.2? Yeah. And then we'll get to 9.3 in a moment. Sounds good. So this is uh, chapter 9 of the Westminster Confession of Faith, paragraph 2. Man in his state of innocence had freedom and ability to will and to do what was good and well-pleasing to God, and yet not unalterably, so that he might fall from it. This is the beginning of the fourfold state of man. Mm-hmm. And the fourfold state of man we're going to look at is basically creation, fall, redemption, and glory. Right. Um, is a great way to think about it. But what is true of the will in each of those states? Yep. So 9.2 is the state of creation. 9.3 will be the state of the fall, 9.4 redemption, 9.5 glory. So we're in creation. Yep. So talk to us as we begin uh, on this, what, 9.2 concerning innocence. Yeah. So again, so just to reestablish, free, the will is free no matter where it is in those four states. Right? That's it, right. It's still, the, the will is still free. The question we have that we are talking about in those four states is its ability, right? The a difference between yeah. freedom uh, and an actual ability of the will. So in the beginning, man, it, paragraph uh, two says, in his state of innocence, so before the fall into sin in Genesis three, has freedom and ability to will and to do what was good and well-pleasing to God, yet not unalterably, so that he might fall from it. And so Adam and Eve in the beginning, or as it, you mentioned, Augustine uh, says... Uh, I think I'm going I'm to butcher the Latin here and embarrass all of us, but passe pecare, passe non pecare, right? Able to sin, able not to sin. That Adam and Eve are in that state. They're it's able nicely done, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a seminary professor. If they will ever hear this, we'll just cringe, cringe in, dis, in disbelief. I'm going to let you do the Latin that. on mine when I get to <laughs> 9, 4, and 5. I think we have exhausted my Latin abilities. So. But that's right. Yeah, so able to sin, able not to sin. So their their will is uh, free. They are able to do what is good. They're able to obey God. So God gives them the, the, you know, the creation mandate, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So it gives them a positive command, gives them a negative command. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, the day you eat of that, you'll surely die. And Adam, he gives them those options. They have the ability in that moment, their will to do what is good and well-pleasing to God. And yet the confession reminds us that's not unalterable. Their their state can change, right? If they fall into sin, their nature can change. Their ability mm-hmm. to, that, that ability piece can change. It's a great distinction, human will versus human ability. Yeah. I think... Um, even a lot of reformed people, mm. or maybe they desire to be reformed, but right. they they would even miss how we were created with human ability. They kind of start at we're sinners. Yes. And that's a real 
gap right. in understanding this theologically. Well, and even one thing just to say on that note, the other thing you often hear from the other side is that Adam and Eve, you know, were created perfect, which is actually not quite right. Yes. Right. They were created good and they had the ability um, to obey and not to obey, but it was not yet. And this is where we're going to go in a few chapters or a few paragraphs of chapter nine, but it wasn't perfect yet. Right. They had not perfectly obeyed because they still have the ability. That's right. They have the ability to sin. And what we're looking forward to in glory that we're going to talk about later is one day that's that piece is going to be out. Yeah. We're, not, we're not even going to be able to sin. We will be so like Jesus. We won't want to. That's really a good point. Anymore. So there's a difference in innocence and perfection. Correct. That's, really important. So that's where Adam and Eve are. They, they've got the path before them. There's a fork in the road in front of them. Which way are you going? And they have the ability to choose both paths. Yeah. Uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. makes this clear. Chapter 7, 29, God made man upright, mm. getting at that first state of man. Any other thoughts on this first 9.2 concerning innocence? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a lot in the fall into sin uh, chapter uh, previously, but just that the situation that we are in as human beings is ultimately our, it's our fault. It was yeah. freely chosen. I mean, Eve, Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and she ate. And she mm. also gave some to her husband mm. who was with her, not saying anything, not doing anything, and he ate. So they, with that freedom, you can walk down the good path, you can walk down the evil path, and they, first choice they make is to say, we are going that way. We're deciding our own way. And if we were there, we would have decided the same thing. Exactly. Exactly so. Um, that takes us to 9-3. Right. The fall. Yeah. So we want to read that yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So paragraph three, man by his fall into a state of sin has completely lost all ability to choose any spiritual good that accompanies salvation. Therefore, an unregenerate man, because he is opposed to that good, and is dead in sin, is unable by his own strength to convert himself or to prepare himself to be converted. So hearing that, and again, if you want to read that yourself, go to the show notes where we'll have the confession. Uh, This is 9.3. How does Genesis really demonstrate what the confession describes? That after the fall, Adam and Eve wholly lost all ability of will to do any spiritual good accompanying salvation. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to Genesis 3, it's so interesting to track what immediately happens. Because what do Adam and Eve do? Their eyes are opened, they realize that they're naked, and they try to cover themselves. What's hilarious about that whole scene right there is the realize they were naked. That's always made me laugh because I thought, were they just dumb? Like, did they not? Did they not know? Was that not? Was that news to them? And we know from the end of chapter two. Chapter two tells us they were naked and unashamed. So they knew in a there's a cognitive sense, right? They know that they were naked. What that means in chapter three is shame has entered the picture, and now they can't trust each other. They know we're vulnerable. Like we've done something together that was wrong, and now I can't trust you. Yeah. And so they, from that moment, every decision they make from that moment on is a wrong one basically in chapter three, because they try the first thing they try to do is to cover themselves to protect themselves with fig leaves. It's a laughably bad way to try and do it. <laughs> Those things are, are not built for that. Then they immediately run and hide. 
They, they run away from God. And when God comes out and graciously says, where are you? Their first uh, response is to say, we were afraid. Uh, we didn't, we heard you coming. We didn't uh, know what to do. And then God asks, what have you done? And the blame game starts. Adam's blame goes in two directions. He says, uh, first of all, the woman that you gave me, God. So yeah. he says, there's something wrong with the factory model over here, and it's your fault. <laughs> you gave me this woman, and she led me into sin. And then Eve does the same thing with the serpent. And so anyway, all of that to say, what we see once sin enters the picture, it's a spiral. And yeah. the rest of Genesis on is basically, you see Genesis 3, really through 10 until Abraham enters the picture, is just this downward spiral. Yeah. I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse more and more sin uh, enters the picture. So much so that you have a restart. Yeah, that God Genesis has to 9. cleanse the earth in Genesis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when the flood comes, God is saying, no no more. Yeah, And it's saying they only did, Genesis 6, they only did what was evil in God's sight continually. All the thoughts of their heart. And yet Noah is not innocent like Adam and Eve. Right. He's now in that second state, yeah. which if the first state was... Uh, help me out with the Latin. You oh, yes. Really yeah. Well. Yeah. Passe, picare, passe, non capare. So, so this is pacare. making Ole Miss look yeah. really much better than Georgia because yeah, he's thriving with the Latin. Say, I don't think we got this at Ole Miss. So <laughs> <laughs> the uh, able, able to sin, able not to sin. Now, post Genesis 3, non passe, non picare. They're not able not to sin. I think I said that right. Ben, we may have to edit all That's this. That's right. Not this able to not sin. Yeah, they're not able to not sin. They they are only going to choose sin. But it's important to say still that those are free choices. Their will is still free. That's they right. They just don't have the ability. Their, their, their desires are all evil. And so I have, my RUF campus minister at Ole Miss actually used the illustration. It's not a perfect illustration, but I found it helpful to say, is an apple tree free to grow oranges? And in a certain way, you're like, I mean, I, it, it depends on what we mean by free. Like it's in some sense, no, because it's an apple tree, right? It doesn't have the ability. Yeah, you can, it yeah. can't do it. Yeah. And so Adam and Eve now, post fall, as shame, is, shame and sin have entered in, their natures have changed. They have the liberty, but they don't have the ability. Yeah. To will what is good, to do what is good. And the confession goes on to say, this has gotten so deep um, that we we are wholly opposed to all good. We're dead in sin. So that's Ephesians 2, dead in our trespasses and sin, unable by our own strength to convert ourselves or prepare ourselves to be converted. So and it's gone all the way in. It's everywhere. If and you go back to chapter 6, even of what we talked about on uh, the fall into sin, this is that total depravity piece. Yeah. Um, so... All we can do is sin, but people that are still fallen seem to do some good, even if they're not redeemed. So kind of how does the reflection on the human will after the fall help us understand the need for God's grace more clearly? Yes. And I think there, even with that word God's grace, you get into the two dimensions of God's grace, God's what we call common grace right. or ordinary grace yeah. uh, and God's saving grace. Yes. So if you really understand the state of man, yeah. second state. It really helps you understand grace. How yes. so? Yeah. How do you, how does that happen? Yeah. How I mean, does that I, look? I think as we, as we, to go to your first question of, you know, we see people who are sinners who don't believe in Jesus, who are what the confession would call unregenerate. 
we still see them doing good things like being good neighbors and, you know, donating to the Salvation Army or whatever. What's what what is the deal with that? How do we square that with what the confession saying? And so this is to go back to a distinction we talked about in the chapter on sin of the difference between total depravity and utter depravity. So total depravity is we are sinful in all of our parts. Right. Sin has infected every single part of us. There's no part our will, our heart, our emotions, all of it has been touched, but we're not as bad as we could possibly be, right? It's not that we do, it's not that we only ever uh, do evil. God, as you mentioned, in his common grace restrains us. So he, he allows people, you know, to, to do things that uh, in some senses are good, but they're not savingly good. Yes. There's nothing you can do that would actually um, get you any credit in uh, God's economy. You know, like you just can't, do anything that is savingly good. That's good. Yeah. And, or even prepare yourself, uh, there. And I think that is where, you know, the confessions kind of setting up later conversations on salvation. Some theological traditions will say, you know, the one good work you do have to do is to get yourself ready for salvation to, to, to ask, you know, people often talk about asking Jesus into your heart. That's, that's your part that you got to do. It's like we're you're drowning in the ocean of sin and Jesus is coming by on the rescue boat. has got the life buoy and you got to grab on. Yeah. And um, the confession is saying that's actually not what the scriptures teach. We're actually not even able to do that. Apart yeah, from dead God's. people don't grab buoys. That's right. You are dead at the bottom of that ocean of sin. Yeah. And Jesus and his kindness swam down to the bottom of that, drank it all up, brought you back out, breathed new life into you. Mm. And then you woke up and you were born again. Um, so anyway, that's more to come when we get into the salvation yeah. pieces, but I think it's important for us to, to understand grace. We can't get how good grace is until we see how bad our problem is, mm-hmm. which is in the fall into sin, we've lost the ability to do what is good, yeah. to choose what is good, um, to want to do, to want to do those things. God's, uh, common grace, restraining grace is seen so clearly here because if our state is we're not able not to sin without his common restraining grace this would be the world would be like living in a zombie apocalypse <laughs> right uh it would be worse than you can imagine and so even this gives us a, a way to see grace in all things even someone in chattanooga who has started a company that gives dignity to people and is creating jobs and treating people with dignity and rewarding their work and creating a safe work environment. And they're not a believer. That's God's grace. God is giving them common grace to do good because in their state, they're not able not to sin. Mm-hmm. So even that's grace, right? It's not salvific, right? But God's grace permeates now a broken world. Yes. Uh, salvifically, we'll see. Yeah. But I think the common grace piece is really important yeah. to make us thankful. Yes. And, and it lines up with that thing you mentioned in a, a previous episode about just it's important for us to start with the image of God when we talk about all of these matters, because even our unregenerate neighbors are something like when you see like an ancient ruin, you know, where you see it, it, it's broken, but you can see the beauty still Mm -hmm. there, right? They were created in the image of God and Mm -hmm. you can still recognize that in your neighbor. And especially when you see God's common grace working in the life of your neighbor, this is the tension we feel when we're like, I have this neighbor who is so awesome, but they don't know Jesus. And I feel, 
I don't know what to do with that. It feels wrong that like someone like that could be going to hell. What part of what your heart is identifying there is the image of God in them and God's common grace working yeah. in their life. But that is not enough for salvation. Uh, yeah. That's not enough to save any of us. That is, um, that's well said. Um, so do we have free will? We do have free will. We just don't have the ability uh, to choose anything good. And that's the fall. Yeah. The so, second state. So according to Jonathan Edwards, uh, not only are we able to choose according to our strongest inclinations, but in a very real sense, we must choose according to our strongest inclination in order to be free. This is the essence of freedom, to be able to choose what we want rather than what someone else wants for us. And so, yes, and after the fall into sin, we are free to do what we want. The problem is we don't want good things. So anticipating the next Confessions episode, we need a change of will. Yes. We need a new heart. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Pillar and Ground. Tune in for more. We're going to be going to the third state of man, the fourth, salvation, redemption, and then glory. Good news.